Hey friends, welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Good to have you with me again on another episode of our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, loving, overcoming life's everyday challenges, loving well, leading well. It's what we're about here on this podcast. This is episode 171. So glad that you're with me. Hey, if you want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. We can communicate through the website. There's also many other resources there to add value to your journey. And I would love for you to leave a review, leave a rating, and share with a friend today's podcast. That's the best way you can help me. Maybe one of the most loving things you can do for me today. I'm excited about today's podcast. It's four tips for having a team that makes you feel good. You know, I was reading the other day, and it's a sort of a famous statement. It says, people won't remember what you said. People won't remember what you taught them. Oftentimes, people won't even remember what you did for them, but they will remember how you made them feel. I want to share with you four tips today to have a feel-good team, the kind of place that people are excited to go, the kind of place that people can look forward to, the kind of environment, not-for-profit, organization, paid, depending on your context for leadership, simply may be your family, just you as a dad or a mom, <laughs> raising your kids and living your marriage or with your friends if you're single and your best friends and your, your siblings, whatever your leadership context may be. I want to share with you today four tips that I believe can really enhance the emotional quality of your leadership environment. Everybody wants to go to a place where they like, man, I'm really looking forward to being with my friends today. I'm looking forward to my small group, my church. I'm looking forward to going to work because I love the people I work with. Let's talk about that today. All right, four leadership tips to have the kind of workplace that everybody enjoys. Well, everybody, that may be a little strong, but <laughs> certainly you as a leader want to do all that you can to help people experience a wonderful workplace, leadership, uh, volunteer environment. Hey, I found this story the other day on Facebook, of course. You don't know if these stories are true or not, but the principle of the story is true, and the story itself may be true, but let me read it to you because it really underscores the first tip or the first idea I want to share with you today. A fisherman spotted a well just east of the Farallon Islands outside the Golden Gate and radioed for help. Within a few hours, the rescue team arrived and determined that she was so badly off that the only way to save her was to dive in and untangle her. A very dangerous proposition. One slap of the tail from the well could kill a rescuer. Well, they worked for hours with curved knives and eventually freed her when she was free. The divers say she swam in what seemed like joyous circles. She then came back to each and every diver, one at a time, nudged them, and pushed gently, thanking them. Some said it was the most incredibly beautiful experience of their lives. The guy who cut the rope out of her mouth says that her eye was following him the whole time, and he will never be the same. May you and I be so fortunate to be surrounded by people who will help us get untangled from the things that are binding us. 
Is it first tip number one for having the kind of leadership environment that people enjoy, that people want to be involved in, is to love those that you lead? You know, you and I need to be the kind of leaders that are willing to jump into the waters of people's lives and help them get untangled. Not just professional un- untangled, but personally untangled. What, what amazing place would it be if we saw our work and our leadership more than just a place where we earn a paycheck or create a product or increased profitability or simply served someone? What if we saw our job as a calling, not as just a place of employment? What if we saw our job as a place in which we could worship God and honor Him by the way that we serve other people? Tip number one is to love those that you lead. And love looks like sometimes jumping into the waters and untangling people. That's what it looks like for me when people come alongside and say, hey, you look like you're bound up a little bit, man, with this unbelief or this angst or this fear or this worry or this frustration or this lack of wisdom or lack of perspective. Let me help untangle you. Love those that you lead. And I would encourage you to love them uniquely. There are three Greek words that I want to offer you about how you can love your team. You know, I say, I love my wife so much. I, I love my brother and sister. I love my family so much. I love my church. I love my car. I also love a good piece of chocolate cake. But somehow, you and I know this is true, that the love for cake and the love for car is not the same as the love for children or family or even my wife. Oh, the English language sometimes. <laughs> it is so limited in the way that we can express our feelings and our affections and our belief in other people. And so in this moment, thank God for the Greek language, which has multiple words for love, each having a unique purpose. The first one I would offer you is agape love. This is pure, unfiltered, unconditional love. Even if in your leadership environment you have to terminate someone or put someone on discipline or put someone on a temporary restriction, it doesn't mean that we turn our love off. Agape love stays on. It is unconditional, always going to believe the best about other people. The second kind of love is phileo love. This is friendship love. Um, the city of Philadelphia, for example, is named after like the Greek word phileo. It's, it's a brotherly love. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. This is the kind of love that uh, we would have for our friends, for to be there for them. But even if we go beyond that, the third kind of love is storge love. This is, this is a family love. This is a love that thinks about legacy. This would be the kind of love that you might experience from grandparents, parents, foster parents, adoptive parents. It's not just your, your, your brothers and sisters that you grew up with. It's not just the friends that you have in college or the friends that you have at work. But this is a little deeper, that blood runs thicker. And this is storge love. And I'm encouraging you when, when I say, hey, love those that you lead. Love them with an agape love. Love them with a brotherly love. And love them with a family love. Now do so with healthy boundaries because you need to adhere to your HR policies and you need to adhere to the respectful boundaries that other people set. We're not talking about 
unhealthy, lustful, uh, disrespectful kind of love. That's not love. We're talking about a love that admires and admonishes and respects and cares for other people in a healthy and appropriate way. Here's idea or tip number two. Demonstrate your belief in those that you lead. Demonstrate your belief in them. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot to say, hey, I believe in you. I believe in you. You know what? I believe in you. You know what? I believe in you. Many times on my text, when I text friends and people with whom I have influence, I often say in my text towards the end, I believe in you. Because as a leader, sometimes I struggle to believe in myself. I sometimes struggle to believe in my own talents, my own callings, my own training. I struggle to believe in, to trust my own perspective. And so sometimes I just wrestle with personal belief in myself and belief in what I think God can do in my life or what God might want to do through my life. And sometimes it's helpful when people just come along and say, hey, I believe in you. Yesterday was church day, and as I've said many times on this podcast, my primary place of leadership is in a church context, a faith-based context. And yesterday, Sunday, is one of our biggest days of the week, obviously, where many people gather together. And there was a wonderful, talented, <laughs> awesome young couple that approached me yesterday when church was over and said, hey, we're, we're moving. My job has relocated me to another state. And I was saddened to hear that, but I was excited for them as a young married couple in their future. And so I prayed for them and blessed them and, you know, just let them know how much I love them and that we're going to miss them, but I'm excited about their future. They then began to say to me, hey, we want you to know how much you have meant to us as our pastor, the things that you have said and done here, and we want you to be encouraged. They began to say, we believe in you, Lance, and you need to believe in you, and this is the evidence of believing in you. This is the kind of impact. Friends, what would our work environment, our small group environment, whatever our family environment, what what would our homes be like? (laughs) What would our workplaces be like if we had this kind of culture? The kind of culture that, yes, we challenge each other. Yes, we hold each other to high regard. We hold each other to high places and high callings because that's what we believe about each other. But what kind of place would it be if we really just said to each other, I believe in you, and we hold each other up to that? Having and demonstrating belief in your people gives room for autonomy that everybody gets to be themselves without violating values, trust, commitment, accountability. People get to feel safe and respected in your workplace environment. Wouldn't that be awesome? If we can have that kind of place, what kind of creativity emerges from that? What kind of momentum emerges from that? What kind of powerful healing and vulnerability and trust is built in that kind of environment? What kind of elite, what kind of leaders emerge who don't need a title to lead? Who aren't looking for the accolades of man but just want to make a difference in people's lives? Demonstrate your belief in people. Here's tip number three. Tip number three, call them up higher. Call those that you lead up higher. Monty Williams, is uh, he's uh, 
an NBA basketball coach for the Phoenix Suns. And, and one of the things that he's known for uh, that's talked about in his leadership style as a head coach of an NBA franchise with a, a great young team, had some success in the last few years. One of the mantras that he operates by as a leader, he says, I'm not calling you out, I'm calling you up. Think of accountability as being called up, not being called out. If someone is holding you accountable, it's because they know you're capable of more. Rise up to being called up. I love that idea. I love that idea of leadership. Too many of us have been on the other end of being called out. I remember just the other day I was um, had a flashback of a seventh grade moment when I was at a dance in seventh grade and I said something out of ignorance and I got rebuked and ridiculed for it because I didn't really know what I was saying. And man, I was baptized in shame. I was called out. I wish I could have been called up. I wish someone would have pulled me to the side privately and said, hey, do you know what you're saying? No, I don't really know what I'm saying. I was just looking to be accepted. I was dealing with seventh grade issues, you know, as a 12 or 13 year old boy. And these kind of moments are formational in our lives. Call people higher. Call people up. Don't simply call them out. We need to be educated. We need to be held accountable. We need to be informed. We need to be given feedback and perspective. But friends, the way we do it and how we do it really matters. And if those that you lead, know that you are going to call them up, call them up, call them to the place that says, I know you are capable of more. I know you're capable of being better. I know you're capable of being more kind, more creative, more patient, more humble, more meek, more serving, more generous, that you can give more. I know that you are capable of more. People will respond to that more than calling them out with a negative motive, negative language, measuring them, that becomes the environment of shame and wounding. Friends, let's not be, let, let, we don't want to be that kind of leader. <laughs> we want to be kind of the leader that calls up because we believe in people. Here's tip number four. Equip people with tools and skills. Equip people with tools and skills. I love my good friend Lawrence Babin says that repetition is the price of knowledge. Repetition is the price of knowledge. Got to repeat it over and over and over again. They often say you have to cast vision every 28 days because it after 28, you know, 35 days the vision starts to wane. People start to get their own vision and so now you have die vision. They have their vision and then there's your vision, the organizational vision, all kinds of vision going on, all kinds of purposes going on inside the organization. So you want to equip people with tools and skills. Repetition is the price of knowledge. Don't think that just because you taught somebody how to do something once that they instantly get it. You have your early adopters on the classic bell curve, but then you have those that take the peak was the bulk of those people that are going to get it at the top of the bell curve. And then you have the late adopters. And what helps you move through the totality of the bell curve is repetition, repetition, repetition. There may be multiple metaphors or multiple stories that you want to tell, but underneath they're all communicating and educating around the same thing. Repetition is the price of knowledge. You also want to connect before you instruct. Connect before you instruct. I often ask my wife, ask my kids, ask others around me, hey, do you feel connected to me? 
because if we can establish a healthy connection, then instruction and correction and information and encouragement all has a a smoother highway, if you will, a, 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 a stronger bandwidth for the exchange of uploading and downloading love, uploading and downloading feedback, <laughs> uploading and downloading encouragement, uploading and downloading joy. You want to make sure you have a strong connection. It allows for more of that to happen. And I just want to encourage you, it's okay to ask, hey, do you feel connected? Do we feel connected? Is our connection strong? And if the answer is no, then begin to explore what is needed to strengthen the connection. Four teams, four tips, four tips, four ideas for having the kind of workplace that really produces powerful results. People enjoy working there. They are to love those that you lead. It is to demonstrate your belief in people. It is to call people higher, not to just to call them out. And it's to equip people with the tools and skills needed to be fruitful, to be successful, to be productive around the vision or purpose that you have. And Simon Sinek calls it the just cause. I love that. It's just, it's good, it's going to add value to people, and it's a cause, meaning it is something bigger than any one person's life, and they will sacrifice for that. They will give themselves to that. So whatever your just cause may be, or whatever your vision or mission or purpose may be, I would encourage you as a leader to love those that you lead, demonstrate your belief in them, call them higher, and equip them with the tools and skills they need to be successful. Hey, friends, thanks for listening to these four tips, four ideas this week, episode 171. I really appreciate you spending this time with me again. And as I said in the beginning of the podcast, would you please consider leaving a review or a rating wherever you may be listening? I know you're busy, but if you could just take a couple of minutes to do that and share this podcast with your friends. Hey, everybody, I love you. Stay healthy, stay hopeful, and I'll talk to you again next week.